to God. Two Fridays in a row and I'm here. Thank you, Lord. Lord's helping us. Amen. I think we're going to talk about prayer again tonight. We talked about prayer last Friday night. We're going to talk, well, Brother Moore's been talking about prayer, so that must be a good direction to go. So uh, I usually stick with the with the boss. <laughs> he's, he's proven to be pretty a lad. Amen. So, uh, plus we want to be eating the same thing all the time if we can, right? So we're going to believe God to help us. Well, I like that song they sang for offering. That was, uh, that was one of my mom's favorite songs. She's, uh, she's in heaven probably singing it with us. Off key. No, she probably gets to sing on key in heaven. The Lord probably helps you up there. But you know what? She never cared about that. She sang as loud as she could, as long as she wanted to, and she'd wake you up with that song. Or many other songs that she knew. I think she knew every song there was to know. And she would sing them to you in the morning. She was a she she is and was a good mom, I'm thankful for. I definitely can know that some of her prayers have helped me to be here today, so I'm thankful for her. Amen. Amen. Open your Bible to First Peter 4. Let's do look at prayer again tonight. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Everything I, I find in the Word of God, as you get more light, it gains more value. And prayer is one of those things that has kind of gotten religified. Is that a word? That's kind of a word, isn't it? Religified? You know, it's one of those things where people just say, will you pray? And you say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll pray. And you may never talk to that person again. Right? If somebody asks you to pray about something, or if you say, you know what, I'm going to hook with you, um, then the best thing you could do is probably check on them later, make sure it went okay, or if you were the one they hooked with, call them up and tell them how good it's going. Right? Maybe not how bad it's going, <laughs> but how good it's going. Because if somebody, if somebody joined faith with you and said yeah, they'll pray, you know, it's like Brother Moore was talking about, I don't know, it's been a little while back, I think he was when he was doing prayer. He said... Don't just ask anybody to pray for you. Uh, two things, you don't know who you're asking, but one of the main things he said is you're, that's a big responsibility. That person, you want to know that they're going to get in faith. And if somebody asks me, I don't want to just say, oh, yeah, I'll pray. Because I want to help you. I want to absolutely help you. And just to say you'll pray, and, and are you going to get in faith or are you just going to pray? pray. Amen. <laughs> you know, do you love them? Which, you know, if you're born again, you do love them. You just don't know it sometimes. Right? <laughs> sometimes that love's deeper in your heart than you think it is. You <laughs> dig down in there and get her out. <laughs> sometimes you've got to get a hoe and a spade and several different things and chop up that fallow ground get down there and find, some, find that soft soil where that love is. Amen? Because he did put it in there. And it's a matter of us deciding to use it. Amen? Glory to God. And prayer is one of those things. We don't want to go past it because God has asked us to to pray, and he uses us through prayer to work in the earth. Amen? You know, Wednesday night, I know it's hard for a lot of people to get here because they have um, work, and it starts at 6, and, uh, you know, everybody in Branson don't live in Branson, so this isn't the most convenient place to come all the time. So aren't you honored that you can come now? But uh, we have prayer, and, and we pray in faith for the nation. And we believe with all our hearts because we pray. And better yet, because the Lord took the time to ask us to pray. 
The, the Lord took the time to put it in the book to pray for kings and all those in authority. He took the time to put it in the book to pray for your nation. Amen? And then He took the time to put His love in you so that you could do it. Because you know what? You can't pray effectively for the nation without the love of God. Right? Because, because what you're literally doing, if you're just praying about your little part of the nation, it's a really small prayer. Right? You know, just let things go good in this corner of Branson so that I can be at peace and have honesty and godliness. And these other people, they got to pray for themselves. If they can't pray for themselves, then forget it. They can just have trouble. Boy, it's a good thing somebody didn't say that about us one day, huh? We get the opportunity and are filled with the love of God to have the ability to... Well, I guess we're just going to start with that verse, and I wasn't going to, but go to 1 Timothy 2. Because this is an important part of prayer. It's not just about praying for your nation. This verse is about praying for all men. 1 Timothy 2.1 It says, I exhort there that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, all kinds of prayer. Those are all forms of prayer. And he's saying, I exhort you. In other words, I encourage you greatly to do it this way. When, when God says... Everybody says, well, Paul wrote that. Well, Paul wrote it because God told him to. It's in the book because God wanted it there. And once you start telling... I had somebody write me one day and say that uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, that was written just to the people that were captive and that's not for us today. If God said it, guess how long it lasts? Longer than a lollipop. Right? Longer than the Tootsie Pop. The world will truly never know how long the Word of God lasts, because it goes on and on and on and on. And if He said it in Jeremiah 29, 11, in whatever year that was, it still works today. Amen? And if this was written by the unction of the Holy Ghost back in whatever year Paul wrote it, right? Then it's as strong today as it was then. And God had a plan when He said it. And what He knew is that He would have a people. He would have a people that would be His people, and they would have His heart. And because they had His heart, they could pray. They could pray for their leaders because all leaders aren't good. Right? you gotta be, you got to be in some serious love because you'll probably be, Lord, get them out, kill them. Get them out of that office. Do whatever it takes. We can't have them there. Well, you don't know if you can have them there. God's worked through people you can't even imagine. He worked through you and me. Right? God's, God's a big God. He can do stuff. He's got it handled. If we'll just do with our hearts what he says, and this is where you, when, when, God, when, when Paul wrote this, he didn't say, do this like a robot. Right? Everything that God tells you to do, he's telling you to do with your heart. And, and if you can't do this with your heart, it will make no difference. You know, people say, well, do you got to get in your closet, spend five hours? If that's what the Lord tells you to do, you do, but not necessarily. You could be driving down the road in your car, and God bring this up. He said, you need to pray for the nation. I need you to pray right now. I need you to pray for the president. I need you to pray for the Senate. And he knows what's going on. You don't even know. 
And watching the news ain't going to help you because they don't tell you what. You're still not going to know. Not that they don't ever tell the truth, but you don't know. You don't know. God knows what's going on. And so he gave us the ability. That's the first thing we should look at when we read any verse. Because what he's literally saying is, you have the ability to do this or I would not ask you. That, that's a huge ordeal because you're, he's, you're saying, he's literally saying the, how many ever people are in this place tonight could pray for our nation and make a difference because what we're doing is we're opening up a door for God to go in. Prayer opens up the door to power. Amen. You know, people say prayer is powerful. Prayer opens up the door to powerful. Amen. You're praying to the all-powerful one. Amen? And that's what he's asking you to do. And, and that in itself should be an honor. Right? Wasn't it David that said better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked for life? He was keeping the door for God. He wrote a whole book of prayers. Amen? But he said, I exhort that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving thanks be made for all men. So how many, how many men did Jesus die for? All men. And so God never gets off track. His, his mission, his, what He did through Jesus Christ is still what He's in faith for today. He believes that every person ever born will get saved. And He sowed the seed for it. Still their choice. But God is hoping. And He's hoping with the God kind of hope. He was happy when each one of us came in because He was hoping you would. Amen? He was hoping that one day you'd see His Word and you'd hear it and it'd go in your ears and it'd get in your heart. And when it got in your heart, you'd say, hey, there's something about that. I need to find out more. And, and, you, and you start digging and all of a sudden you feel that call and you, and you come down and you receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. And, and that is a happy day in heaven because that's what He was hoping for all along. Glory to God. The day Jesus died, he was hoping he'd see me at the altar someday or wherever you would receive Jesus. Because you know what? The majority of people don't, don't receive Jesus in church. But his, his vision, I won't say his mission, his vision has never changed. And his vision was, I'm going to send my son. He's going to die on a cross. He's going to pay the full price for everybody's sin. And I'm going to raise him from the dead, completing everything that will ever need to be done to win all these people back to me, to redeem my people back. Amen? And now he says, I want you as a church to pray for all those people that haven't yet come back, that haven't fulfilled my hope. He's not wishing they'll come back. He truly is hoping. He has an expectation that they're going to be saved someday. And, he's, and as long as they're on this earth, he's going to give them an opportunity every day and when we pray, that's what we're doing. We're opening up the door for the gospel in this nation and through this nation to other nations. Prayer is big. You know, you think you, just, you, think you prayed and you opened up this little door and you go through it and there's this huge door and it gapes open and it went all the way through America and now it's in the whole world. And you prayed it from Branson, Missouri or Sarasota, Florida one Wednesday night. Or many other churches that do. We're not the only church praying. 
Thank God. There's many parts of the body, many different prayers going out for the nation. It's a good thing. But in doing this, we're praying for all men. He starts out saying, pray for all men. Then in the next verse he says, for kings and for all that are in authority. What's he saying? I want you to pray for the kings and all that's in authority because they affect how all men hear the gospel. Amen? The better your nation's running, the better things are going, um, the people that are in office, are, they're going to they're gonna just, a lot of them are, decide how much of the gospel gets out. You know, in America, we can, we can get as much as we want out. Other nations, they can't. And so it's important to pray for who's in office in America because there are people that are a help to the gospel and there are people that are a hindrance to the gospel. Amen? And we want people that are a help. And that's what he's saying. He said, I want you to pray that you can lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Seems like we're on Wednesday night, doesn't it? But but what he's saying right there is, is that you'll be peaceable no matter what's going on. Because you prayed. Why? If you prayed in faith, now you're believing He's doing it. It's real easy to be peaceable. Right? What's it say? Don't worry about anything, but by prayer, uh, give, give your cares to God. Philippians, you know it. You'll have peace that passes understanding. Right? Don't have anxieties about anything. I'm all, i got 16 verses in my head and you want me to quote one? No. <laughs> For kings and all those in authority, and this, this will, this, everything God tells us to do enables us to do something. You can now lead a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Why? Because you prayed. See, that's one of the things about receiving in prayer. Once you've prayed, prayer in faith, acted out of love, is so patient that it, it just counts it done, and it'll just wait forever until it happens. Amen. It never gets nervous. The prayer of faith never gets nervous. Why? Because it prayed to the one who's all faithful. He's never failed and he's never going to. Amen? So when you pray, it's, what's it say? Matthew and Mark, it says, pray, believe you receive, and you'll have those things you prayed. What Believe you receive. He doesn't say how much times between believe you receive until you'll have those things that you say. Right? But he does say you'll have those things that you, what you, that you pray. So one thing you can count on is that if you prayed according to God's will, if you prayed a prayer of faith, those things that you prayed are coming to pass. Unless you quit. Right? Well, you remember, what was, who was it, Daniel, that the angel kept coming and stopped and come and had to stop and finally got there, I think, but... You know, so it's not, it wasn't the angel having to stop, it was the prayer stopping. Yes. Amen? And, and it was the faith stopping. And so prayer, a confident prayer, is patient. It will wait joyfully. It will wait expectantly. It will wait knowing that it's going to have what it prayed. Amen? Why? Because it's already received it. It received it as a finished work. I've prayed, we're receiving it. Amen? If you're praying with somebody else, how important is it for you to stay in faith, even if the person you're praying for or with doesn't? 
they might need something to hook back onto if they've and to encourage them if they've gotten tired. Guess what? People get tired. You ever been you ever been tired? You ever been around somebody that's tired? Did both of you need encouragement? Yes. And we can encourage one another in the faith. And one of the best ways to encourage one another, we prayed about this. We prayed, got good news for you. We prayed. And because we prayed, God is faithful. And what we prayed will surely come to pass. We prayed according to His Word, according to His will. We prayed in the Holy Spirit. So we know we prayed His will. Amen? So let's get back in faith. He, he's more than enough. He, you can have all these things that He's said and more. Believe you receive. Get, get each other back in faith. That's what we're here for. We're here for one another. Over and over again, when you look at prayer verses, when you look at almost any verses, um, they, they include us caring about one another, us praying for one another, us doing stuff for one another. Amen? Why? Because we need one another. Why? Because you're, you're part of the same body I am. Amen? And, and if one part's a little weak, another part makes up for it. Who was I talking to? Was I talking to one of you guys the other day? I don't remember. Some, somebody had dealt with something so long that the other part of their body had gotten strong enough to support both parts. I don't remember, I don't remember who I was talking to. But that's what the body does. That's what the body does, uh, the body of Christ does. It's here to support itself. It supports, you know, everybody's got a part. And, and when people, that's one of the biggest lies of the devil. He'll say, well, you don't have a big part. It's not a big, you're, you don't really do much. No big deal. You don't even need to go to church. You're part of the body? Small. S-M-all. <laughs> hmm? And he'll convince people that to the point that they devalue their part. There, is, is there a part of your body you don't want? Right? There's some extra parts of my body I could do without. But there's no part that I want to do without. Amen? And, and we don't have to do without them because someday you'll be the one that needs to encourage the part that's next to you. Whatever part that may be. Amen? Well, we're way out here. I don't have any notes on this, so we'll just keep going. Where, where were we there? Lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Next verse. For it's good. When the Lord tells you something's good, it's good. You know, we don't even know how good it is because it's so good that good doesn't even fill it up in our mind. We're thinking good in our own mind like, like banana split. You know, we're thinking good like going to a ball game every Saturday for the rest of your life for free. Right? Good. And this doesn't even compare to his good. His idea of good. It helps so many more people than our idea of good. Our idea of good is like this big, and his idea of good fills the world. Amen? Amen? And when, so when God says this is good, what's he saying? I can use this. I can take what you just did, and I can use it to win people back to me, to redeem people back into me. I can use it to, to teach people about how I want them well. I can use it to teach people about how I want them to prosper, how I want them to come up and, and, and get, gain more light and go from faith to faith and glory to glory. I can use that prayer because you opened a door and I can now flood in and do something that I didn't have the ability to do before. 
People say, well, what? God didn't have the ability? No, He chose to work through our prayers. He told us He knew what we needed before we asked and then told us to ask. Right? You know, there's lots of times that my daughter needed something and I knew it, but I didn't get it, I didn't get it until she asked. You know, my wife, she'll ask me after every meal at a restaurant, she'll say, do I have anything on my face? And I'll say, no. Do you guys do that? Is this a lady thing? Huh? And one time she didn't ask me, and she had something on her face. <laughs> and she walked out, and she said, you didn't tell me I had something on my face. You didn't ask. <laughs> didn't go over all that well. <laughs> yeah, she still loved me. Stayed with me 34 years. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. He knows what we need, but he says, I want you to ask. Why? Because that shows that you trust me. That shows that you're willing to do a part. You're not just looking for somebody to take care of you. You're willing to be a part of what I've got going on in the earth. Amen? You're willing to be a part of what i got going on in your life. Right? If you ask, what are you asking for? And if you're asking for the right things, you're asking according to his will, then he's giving you those things. But you could go your whole life not asking and never getting. Amen? Amen. And, and you don't want to do that. You, we, want, we want to come into agreement with God and fulfill our plan and purpose. And our plan and purpose is part of the body. Amen? And, and these prayers are helping us do it. Because even if you're praying for the nation, even if you're praying for the leaders, you're praying for all men, and he's saying this is good, and what's he saying? It's going to give you guys a lot more work. Why? Because the church is who's going to be out there winning these people to Christ. The church is who's going to be teaching people about healing and prosperity and the goodness of God and how much He loves us. Amen? Sometimes people just need to hear how much God loves them. And that's all they need to know. Because they never believed it in all their life. But one day you walked in and you had an anointing because you were the encourager of the day. And you said, man, God loves you. And it went off in their heart. And when it went off, it gave them an ability that they didn't have before. It gave them a knowing that they didn't have before. It shined a light up through them that, they, that now they had an opportunity to receive the very love that was always there. Amen? And, and that happened all because we started praying. Amen? People get saved because you pray. Right? Jesus said pray. That laborers come across the path. You know, a lot of people, they want to be the person that always prays with the person to lead them to Christ. I just want to be the person that gets them to the next step. As long as they get to Christ, I don't care what step I am. I can be step number 63 in 163, and I'm okay as long as they get to 163. Amen? And, and, and that's what we need to be willing to be. And when we see God tell us to do something, we need to realize that He's saying, do your part. Be your part. I've made you to do this. I've created you to be in there. And I've, said, I've told the church to pray so we can bring these people in so all men might be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That, that's God's vision. He started this whole prayer thing on Pray for all men, pray for the leaders of the nation, and then he finishes up or gets in the middle of it and he says, because I want my will is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. What he's literally saying is, I want you to start here so I can get people here. 
Amen? And obviously, this was something he wanted done, or he wouldn't have asked for us to do, and it was something he required, if you will, to work in people's lives the way he does. Everybody in here that's saved, raise your hand. If you're not saved, you can come forward later. But, but if, you're, if, if you're saved, somebody prayed for you. Somebody at some time prayed for you. You may never know this side of heaven who prayed for you, but somebody, you know, many of us do. But somebody prayed for you. You are the result of prayer. Prayer of faith. Amen? God will have all men be saved. What's His will? That all men be saved. We knew His will before He said that. I wonder why He told us again. Because He wanted to give value to our prayer. I mean, when God, when God tells you to do something, it's one thing, and then He tells you why I want you to do it. He says, I want you to do this, and here's why. Because... I want everything to go just a certain way so that I can get my kingdom into the hearts of men, so that I can let, let them know about Jesus, so that they can come and know me again. And that, that's his vision. Amen? And it's a great vision, and it's a great way to know. It, you, this is how you, we have to change, because if we just read that verse and say, okay, let's pray for this. Lord, help the President, help the Senate, Congress. There's a few people not doing too good. In fact, they seem a little bit dense. Can you help them? And I don't really like what's going on here, and I don't really like what's going on there, and, and I really want this, and I want that. And now you're not praying for the nation anymore. You're praying for how you want things. Amen? And he said, I want you praying for people. For people. He, he, he individually said, I want you praying for all men. That's people. And kings and all those in authority are people. So the first thing we want for all those people is salvation. Right? right? And so he, what, what he's literally saying is get a vision of what I want and what prayer truly is before you begin to pray. Amen? Um, there's people who pray all the time, and, and that's what they love to do. And it's a good thing, don't get me wrong. Um, but then there's other people who just pray when they have to. Right? <laughs> I was one of those people. If things got bad, whoo, got to pray. Wouldn't it been cool to pray before things got bad? Because God's got a plan for that, praying ahead. But prayer, or anything you do for God, has to be valuable to you, or you won't do it right anyway. It has to be valuable to me. And the one thing he did to give this value is he put the love of God in our hearts so that we could do it. And so immediately, the minute, he, the minute anytime men are mentioned, your heart should go out. I wonder if they're saved. I wonder if they know God's good. I wonder if they know how much He loves them. The minute, you, you know, when we see somebody having a bad day, we shouldn't say, boy, they're jerks. Man, what in the world's wrong with them? I'm not going anywhere near them. Boy, you probably just missed that, huh? Well, I wonder why God put that jerk in front of you. You reckon he needed them judged today? No. And see, that we're so quick to judge. They're a jerk. Maybe they're not a jerk. They're just having a bad day and they don't know how to not be a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I'll go back over here. Was there ever a day you didn't know how to not be a jerk? Huh? Could have been a moment before you got to church that was like that. Right? <laughs> No, not me, no. 
God gives us opportunities to, through prayer to do things in other people's lives, and he'll put us in places. And, th- and that's the one thing. You know, people, Mrs. Moore has said this over and over again, um, when you wake up in the morning, pray. You know, and lots of people do, right? Lots of people don't. I'm not asking for a show of hands. <laughs> but how important is that? Because your prayer could open up the door for God to get you to whoever you're supposed to see that day. And see, the, again, we have to get a vision of God kind of prayer. God kind of prayer always starts with love. It always starts with something for someone else, not you. And so when he says pray, he's saying pray so you can see what I want you to do for the kingdom today, what I'm going to allow you to do, what I'm going to enable you to do, what I'm going to give you and put in your heart. And and you may see somebody and say, Lord, what am I supposed to do? He said, I told you this morning, dig it out. It's in there. And all of a sudden you say, oh, yeah, I got that. And and you get to go by and say, hey, see you're having a rough day. I'm going to pray for you, brother. And some of them will say, oh, thank you. And some will say, pray for me. You know what? They both still need prayer. Amen? And maybe he doesn't say to tell them you're going to pray for them. Maybe he just says, I just put you there so you could pray for them. Because you know a lot of people, you don't need to tell them you're praying for There's no verse that says after you pray for somebody, tell them you did. Or before you pray for them, make sure it's okay with them. <laughs> We'd have to go to all the world to fulfill this last scripture we shared, wouldn't we? It says pray for all men. We're going to have to get a big, big, big megaphone. Hey, everybody, we're praying for you right now. Get ready. If you don't want to be prayed for, get over here. He doesn't tell us to do that. He just says pray for all men because that's how many he loves. That's how many he loves. Amen? Glory to God. Well, this is good stuff. I don't know what scripture to go to next, but we'll try it. Go to 1 Corinthians. Um, well, in, in my life, what I find, and, and you guys may be like me, maybe not, but the more that I see things how God sees them, the more I want to do them. And so I'm, I'm certain that's why the devil tries to hide the reason. That, and, and he doesn't want us to know God's character, first of all, because if you know God's character, you'll get answers that you don't want. Like about that jerk that you just saw. You'll say, I'm not getting anywhere near him. And God said, I died for him. Yeah, rose again so he could be mine. And see, now, now you've got your, your alter egos going. <laughs> and I say, oh, no, God would never tell me to talk to him. He's just going to be mad and disgruntled and I'm not going to like it. And, and you've already talked yourself out of doing what you... You wouldn't have had to talk yourself out of it if you, if you knew it wasn't God in the first place. You know, you never have to talk yourself out of doing something you wanted to do because you just go ahead and do it. But when God wants to do it, man, you've got to give yourself a, a lecture for 30, 45 minutes. Because <laughs> he don't ask you to do anything that's comfortable on your flesh. You know, that's why the first thing he does when you're saved is he, fit, he puts the Holy Ghost in you and he sheds abroad the love of his love in you. Because now you have something in you that's completely contrary to you. You were the most selfish person in the world, and you, he just put the most unselfish thing, the, the thing without any selfishness, in you. And he said, what you never had the ability to do, I now gave you the ability to do it. Everything I ask you to do, you can now do. Because I've put my unselfish nature in you, 
and all you have to do is deny the selfish nature. What did he say? He said, every day take up your cross and follow me. What's he, what's he saying? He's saying, you're going to have to do this because in you, you don't want to. In you, you want to be lazy. You want to be a slacker. You want to talk to who you want to talk to. You want to like who you want to like. You want to love who you want to love because that's what the world love is. The world's love has this kind of love where it can pick and choose who it loves, and it can also unpick you. <laughs> I love you today. Ooh, not today. Sorry. You shouldn't have made me mad. I'm a bit angry with you. No love. But the God kind of love. The God kind of love. It loves everybody all the time, and it won't let you stop loving. It will not, even when you try and you, and you bring all the selfishness up in you, you've got this anger in you. Why are you so angry? Because God's love is trying to work its way past all that selfishness because it's still in there. And it is fighting you at every turn. And there are times where you can override it to the point that you miss God. But you'll still feel horrible when you miss God because then you know you miss God. Because why? Because you didn't operate in the love He put in you to operate in that moment. Amen? You were busy calling the guy a jerk when God put mercy in you. He said, you don't have to judge. You can be merciful all the time, just like I am. It's a big deal. He gave us the ability to be merciful. And guess what? That is contrary to your flesh also. It's, it's amazing to me that I ever wanted somebody judged. Why would I want somebody judged? Because I was them. Amen? I want mercy for everybody. I don't want judgment for anybody. People say, yeah, I don't want to be judged because I don't want to judge because then I'll be judged. You don't want to judge because you want to be merciful. It, it, when you say it that way, say, yeah, I don't judge or you'll be judged. Immediately you became selfish. Why? Because the only reason you don't want to judge is so you're not judged. If, if God took the second half of that verse out, you'd go ahead and judge. Right? If it just said, don't judge, nothing about you being judged, you'd say, well, I can because really nothing will happen. <laughs> Whew. This is really good. I'm getting the tape for sure. Or CD, whatever it is. I'm old. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. He, he gives us ability, guys. And, and ability gives us, the, when He puts his, his Spirit in us, it puts us in a place to pray that we, wouldn't, we couldn't do before. You know, people, people say, I hear them on the TV, on news programs, they say, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And I'm like, huh? Who are you praying to? What thought is it? <laughs> right? And, and, and what kind of faith am I getting here? Why? It's because they're not thinking of you or praying for you. Right? They have no intention of doing either one. What they're really doing is telling you something that will get you out of their face. Right? It's like when somebody comes to you and says, will you pray for me? Sure will, thanks. i got to get... Got, oof. But I got you. Don't worry. Right? What are you praying with them about? You don't know. What's their scripture? You don't know. Why? Because we didn't have time. 
Aren't you glad that God, when you, don't, when you, when you go to God and you say, God, and he goes, shh, 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 don't got time right now. I'm busy with Keith Matthews. Everybody say, phew, understand that. Can totally understand that. It's going to be a while. I'll get back with you tomorrow. <laughs> Aren't you glad that he has time for everybody? You know why he has time for everybody? Everybody says, because he's God. No, because he loves them. Because he loves them. And as we love people, we'll find that we have time for every person he's got for us to love that day. Individually. Individual love. Right? I can't love everybody, but you could love somebody I'm not loving. Right? Showing them love. We're going to love them all. But you could be showing love to somebody I'm not. And if everybody in the church started loving people, we'd get a lot of love around the world. And it'd be real love. It'd be valuable love. It'd be eternal love. It would be something that doesn't just last until you make them mad. It lasts forever and ever and ever. And when they call you and they messed up for the 859th time, you say, hey, we got this. We got this. Jesus is on our side. God's got it handled. Forgiveness is there. Repent and come home. Let's get this thing right. Amen? Glory to God. Phew! Thank you, Lord. When we know God this way, we, we gain a confidence. We gain a confidence. When, when, when we know this is His vision and we, and we see it, it's not just hearing it. You can, you can hear everything I'm saying tonight and not listen to one thing I said. Right? I did it in school for 12 years, I know. And those teachers would talk and talk and talk, and I'd have to go to somebody after. What would they say? We don't have school tomorrow? No, that's not what they said. I listened when I had to have a test so that I could pass and get out of school. Glory to God. Glory to God. Okay, don't go to 1 Corinthians 13. Everybody knows 1 Corinthians 13, right? Amen? Go to Nehemiah 1. We'll do a couple more scriptures here, and then we'll close. Nehemiah was a prayer. Nehemiah was an intercessor for his nation. Amen? And uh, he, was, he was a man of God. And, and I like, you know, again, if you have a vision of God, the God kind of prayer, what, what, what God's trying to accomplish in, through us praying, and you look at Nehemiah's prayer, uh, I think it starts in verse 3 or... Let's see. Okay, maybe five then. This is Nehemiah praying. The first thing he prays is, I beseech thee, Lord, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, which terrible doesn't mean terrible. I looked that up. doesn't mean terrible. It means awesome. The great and awesome God that keeps his covenant and mercy. What's what's Nehemiah doing? He's, He's already requesting mercy for all the people of his nation. And people say, how God's going to see that? Because he sees his heart. He doesn't have to hear his words yet. He already sees his heart. Why? Because his heart knows who God is. And he says, he says, great and awesome God that keeps your covenant of mercy for them that love you and observe your commandments. And he's saying, I'm praying for your mercy. Uh, I think the NIV says it keeps your covenant of love. Um, yeah, covenant of love with those who love you and obey your commands. 
And what, he's what Nehemiah is literally saying is, I'm, I'm bringing your people before you. I'm bringing your people before you, including me. We need mercy. And he doesn't even ask for mercy yet, but yet he has because he knows God so well that as he brings this out, God immediately is, is reminded that he has promised mercy and he'll never go back on his word. Verse 6, it says, Let your ear be attentive and let your eyes be open to hear your... Now, why would your eyes need to be open to hear prayer? Right? I can close my eyes and you can pray all day and I can hear you. But see, God looks on the heart and listens to the mouth. God looks on the heart and listens to the words. How are you saved? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. What's he looking? He's looking at what you believe in your heart and then it matches what you confess with your mouth. And so what, he's, what, what Nehemiah is literally saying is, I want you to be attentive to the prayers of your people. And, and it says in the Word, he will be. It says, he'll, be a, he'll, it says he'll, he'll look for your prayers. He will be waiting for God is literally waiting to hear you talk. He's literally, he, he's, he's like this. He's on the throne, and he's up there, and here's the throne right over here. And he's on the throne, and Jesus is at the right hand, so he's over here. All right? And he's on the throne. What? What? Did I hear? I hear faith. I hear faith down there. And when he hears that faith, it gets his ear. And then his eyes immediately start looking. Who's got that faith? Who has that faith? Because that's one of my people. And I hear their prayer and I see their heart. And when I, when I put those two together, I got something here. Nehemiah says, I want your, your ears to be open. I want your eyes to see so that you can hear what I'm saying. He's literally saying, I want you to open your eyes and open your ears so you can hear my heart. I don't want to just give you words because I'm a man. I might say a word that doesn't fit just right. But God sees your heart. He's not just... He, you know what? If you shut your eyes, you can hear somebody's prayer. But if you look at them, you can see their heart. You can. You can tell someone when somebody's in anguish. You can tell when somebody's happy. You can tell when somebody's sad. You can tell what's, you can tell when some. You know, if somebody just had a day that wasn't as good as, as it normally is, and you know them very well, you can tell. Right? You know, sometimes I call Doug. <laughs> Say, hey, you having a good day? And sometimes he is. Sometimes he says, you know what? Hook with me. Amen. And you know what? I can hear his heart, and if I'm in front of him, I can see his heart. And, you know, we have that ability. If God has the ability to be excited about people's prayers, you have the ability to be excited. Why? Because they're praying. If you bring your faith with it, there's an answer getting ready to happen. How excited can you be when somebody's getting ready to get healed? when somebody's getting ready to be saved, when somebody's getting ready to overcome something that's been bugging them all their life. All their life they've been underneath this and today's the day where you guys hook faith and they jumped over it. And they got to the next level. Amen? Why? Because you caught them on that day where their heart and their head and their, 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 heart and their head were all together. Their mouth was saying what their heart knew was true. Amen? And it's a good day. 
It's a good day. Thank you, Lord. Where were we, verse 6? Let thine ear now be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant. You know, one thing that you got to realize is he was a servant and he was using prayer as part of his service. This was a service unto the Lord. When God asks you to do something, then now it's a service unto him if you do it. He counts it as though you truly took it serious and, and did it. Because most people, they just they say, oh, what? Oh, I don't got time for that. It's basketball on all weekend, game after game after game. Not that I've watched all of them, no. Ten or twelve, no. But, but there's, you know, people, people are too busy to, to love. Love is a, busy is a hindrance to love. It's an excuse not to love. Amen? But, but it's a service. When, when God said, um, I exhort you, therefore, that you pray for all men, that now, now it becomes a service unto the Lord. When you do it, it's now a service unto the Lord. You know, he, 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 he takes it personal that you took the time to open the door for him. Glory to God. How many be happy to say one day and get to heaven and God says, you open the door for me on a regular basis? You mean I was a doorkeeper, Lord? Yes, you were. You opened the door for me to go to Nigeria when you prayed for Brother Moore, and I was there with him, and I ministered to ministers, and they got a hold of the goodness of God, and they took out of that place, and they began to minister all over Africa, all over Nigeria, the goodness of God, and you opened the door so I could get there. Glory to God. How did we do that? We came one Wednesday night and prayed. We took the time in the morning to know Brother Moore was going, and so we prayed. Amen? And, and we opened the door. What an awesome, what an awesome thing to be God's doorman. Glory to God. Glory to God. And you know, Nehemiah prayed all this prayer, and, and he said, forgive the sins. You know, he... He's praying for his people. He's saying, we've sinned, I've sinned, they've sinned, their fathers have sinned. You know, there's a lot of sin, but I know you're merciful. I already remember I mentioned you were merciful. Glory to God. So he's, he's, he's confessing as he's forget, getting forgiven. And he's, at this time, this is before the New Testament, he's getting forgiveness for a nation. And why is he doing that? Because he, he's opening the door for God to put him in front of the king. He's saying, he, and besides that, he's not selfish. So he's showing that he's not selfish, and now the door's getting open, and he's going to go before the king. And he asked for one thing, but he said, give me favor. He did all this praying, and then he said, oh, I want favor, by the way. And God said, favor it is. And it opened the door for God to minister before the king, for God to minister to that nation, to bring the wall back up. To, there's so many things happen there, Amen. What, what did it do? It brought, it brought God in where God had been out before. And see, that's, that's what we're looking to do when we pray. Look, look back at 1 John 5, 14, 15. We'll, we'll close with this. This is where we kind of were last week. When you know God's heart in prayer, then you have confidence in what you're praying. Why? Because you know God's heart. You know what He's trying to do. You know what He's trying to accomplish. It's not just that He wants somebody saved. You know how He's going to do it. 
Right now, you're, you're, you've got a vision that this is how I'm going to pray, and he's going, this is going to give him uh, advancement into doing these things that he's asked us to do. And, and, and it, it makes your prayer confident. Right? He says the prayer of faith will heal the sick, right? The prayer of faith is a confident prayer. What's it confident in? It's confident in, in God's will to heal that person and in Jesus' work on the cross and through the stripes on his back. It's confident in that word. It's so confident that it will stand forever. Why? Because it's patiently waiting for everything that God already gave it. Amen? People say, well, how long do I have to wait? What does it matter if you're going to get it? Amen? I'll guarantee you, I went to Lambert's the other day. We waited two hours. But you know what? I got some food. Right? And I joyfully waited because I liked the food. And guess what? I knew I was going to get it. Faith knows it's going to get something. It can be patient because patience isn't agonizing. Patience is already receiving something done. You're just waiting on it. That's all you're doing. You're waiting on something that is definitely going to happen. That's not hard, is it? wonder why we, miss, we, we give up so easy then. I guess this isn't going to happen. Well, now you start it all. That, that angel was flying this way. And, oh, I guess it's going to happen. Boom. Well, maybe it will. You know, God's good. God's good. And somebody comes up to you. God's good. You're going to make it. And the angel gets back up. He's heading your way. Oh, but this just stinks. Boom. <laughs> I can't make this. I can't wait any longer. Why can't you wait any longer? You're not going anywhere. Wait. Can you get it somewhere else? That's, that's the thing. You know, we, we're impatient for something that only He can give. Where are we going to get it? I'm going to make my own way. No, you're not. You can't. There's only one way. It's like somebody saying, I just don't know if I want to get saved. I don't want to wait around on salvation. You don't have to wait around on salvation. Well, I'll just go get it myself. You can't get it yourself. Amen? What, what we're waiting on is worth the wait. And, and the easier your wait is, the, the less you'll wait. The easier your wait is, the less you'll wait. Why? It'll be like you went to Lambert's and they said, ah, oh, it's going to be an hour and 45 minutes. You go, okay. And you go out there and you start talking about Jesus. Man, an hour and a half passes by and all, you're, you guys are excited now because you've had a little Bible study out in front of, out in front of Lambert's. <laughs> Amen? But an hour and a half, it was supposed to be an hour and, 50, hour and 45 minutes, they call your name. Like, oh, not only did we get to talk about Jesus, right? We get in 15 minutes early. Most people would be saying, I need in in 30 minutes. And I don't know that I did this before. <laughs> Go see how long it is. If it's over 30 minutes, I'm not staying. Where am I going? I'm not going to get Lambert somewhere else. <laughs> I'm going to drive to Sykeston because that's the nearest one. And it's going to be closed by the time you get there. That's impatience. And the truth of the matter is, if God sent you there, wherever it was, whatever time you get in there is the exact right time for you to be there. I, I was on a plane heading back, to, <laughs> heading back from Florida to here, and it had a, some kind of problem. 
And people were getting mad. They're like, oh, come on, let's go. I'm like, let me off the plane first then. <laughs> let's go? Uh, we have a mechanical problem. Well, come on. We're not driving here, people. We're going to be 30-some thousand feet in the air. You have a, Your motor quits there. You don't jump out and lift the hood. My goodness. And they're complaining because it's late. I'm like, be late. Be, be alive. How much more fun will it be to be breathing when you get there? It amazes. If you could just hear yourself complain... For just a minute, you'd realize how stupid you sound. God did that to me one time, and He stopped me right in the middle. Oh, my gosh. Forgive me, Lord. I didn't realize how dumb I was. He said, you're not dumb. You just need to control your mouth. <laughs> I made you smart. 1 John 5:14, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. What's the confidence that... If you ask according to his will, the way he said to ask, out of the love he said to ask with, with everything, all the vision that he said to put into it, if you ask that way, you can be confident that he just heard you. He just heard you. Your confidence is in that God heard you. This is the God that's sitting on his throne, and all of a sudden, you pray a prayer of faith, and you oh, Dave just prayed a prayer of faith. Let me find Dave. Oh, his heart's in this too. I got his heart. I got his mind. I got his mouth. We're going to accomplish something here. What, what was I confident in? I was confident that when I spoke that word in faith, the Lord heard me. Amen. Glory to God. And that's a huge deal because if he doesn't hear you, you don't need the next verse. Right? Right? If you, if you say, and, and this would have been the confidence you had. Had you believed he heard you. See, they wouldn't even write it like that because there'd really be no reason to put it in the book. It'd be boring and just tell you about things you can never have and never do. But instead, he said this is the confidence that you have if you pray the way he says to pray about the things that he's interested in. Right? And everybody says, well, I need a new car and I need new clothes. And I, You know what? He said if, he'll take care of that if you'll seek first the kingdom of God. We're spending time asking him for things that he didn't say ask for. Right? He said, ask for your brother to have a better day. Ask for your, pray for one another that you may be healed. Right? He said, pray for other people. He spent most, in fact, is, if you look over and over again in the, in the prayer scriptures, all of them are talking about praying for someone else. Right? Like, what if I prayed... Lord, make my job easier. <laughs> Am I really praying that Rob will, de- Rob will have an easier day so I don't have to hear about something hard to happen? Or should I pray for Rob that he has an easier day? Right? And in doing so, God will work in my life. But I need to care about Rob. See, unselfishness, love, always has the right answer. It always goes to the right place and does the right thing. And, and, and it always prays the right prayer. Why? Because it has the wisdom of God in it. If we, if we know He hears us, verse 15, and if we know He hears us, this isn't a foregone conclusion. What's He saying? If you're confident that He heard you, then the next verse works. If we know that He heard us, 
whatsoever we ask, we know. There's a lot of knowing in this. What's he saying? He's saying, if you start this in faith, I'll finish it. Glory to God. You start this in faith, I'll finish it. Why? Because the love you put in it worked your faith. The faith that you... I heard your faith. I saw your heart. It gave me an open door to get get involved in this situation, in these circumstances, in in the life of these people over here, in, in these people's lives over here, in healing class on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It gives me opportunity. It opens the door for God to do what God does. Amen? And, and when we know and are confident in what He's doing, then we can pray for our nation. We can pray for other people. We can pray a prayer of faith. And it does avail much. Right? Because isn't that what it says? It says the effectual fervent prayer. You know, I think most people think fervent means constant. No, it means heartfelt. With your heart. Effective, working prayer prayed with your heart in faith avails much. Why? Because you're a righteous man. What's righteous man do? Righteous men have to have the love of God in their heart. Because the only way you get righteous is you get Jesus Christ. Which means you get the Holy Spirit, which means you get the love of God. Amen? Everywhere we are, if we will follow the vision of God's love, if we'll follow the vision of how God's laid things out, we'll be at the right place at the right time around the right people that we're supposed to minister to that day we're supposed to pray for it. You may never talk to them, but you prayed for them. What, what if you drove down the road at a certain time, this certain person that you've never seen before was walking down the road, you were prompted in your spirit to pray for them. First of all, if you're prompted in your spirit, that's the love of God. You begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Because you don't know what's going on in their life. All you can say is, Lord, have mercy on them and help them. Right? The rest of it, the Holy Spirit knows what's going on in his life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows the heart of God. It knows what's going on in everybody's life. So you start praying in the Holy Spirit, and now you've affected their life forever, and they don't even know it. Things just may start getting better from that day forward. Right? It's a matter of us looking at the things that God asks us to do and looking at them as an honor, first of all, as an ability, second of all, and as a service unto the Lord, and, and, and every one of these things works with His love. And as we think of them through His love and, and as an honor and as an ability, knowing that what we pray we'll have, then we'll have those things what we pray for other people. And in doing so, you'll find that you have everything you ever needed. Why? Because you are meeting the needs of others through prayer. Glory to God. He's a good God. Stand up. Since, since I don't have any of that in my notes, that's where we're stopping because that's a good place. Amen? Isn't it good to know that plan? Isn't it, isn't it good to know that you're empowered to pray beyond what you ever thought you could do? You've got an ability in you that when you walk out of this place, if you see somebody hurting, you can pray for them if you pray for them. Right, if God told you to give them $20 and you pray for them, first of all, that ain't love. Because he told you to give him $20. Right? That's that's the be warm and filled. (laughs) Sounded good. Be warm and filled. You know where God's eyes are when people say that? Be warm and filled. I don't hear a thing. But when somebody says, Lord, what can I do for them? Oh, oh, they got faith. They're asking me what they can do for someone else. 
Oh, God likes that prayer. That's one He can work with. Why? Because His love just came out of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's just thank Him. You got a song for us, Jess? Thank you, Lord. Thank you.